Hey mamas, and welcome to the Entering Motherhood podcast. This is your one-stop, go-to place for getting you from feeling drained, exhausted, and unfulfilled in motherhood to feeling more energized, organized, and accomplished. That's the vision I continue to navigate towards, and that's the vision we are sharing with you, focusing on holistic alternatives and restructuring your mind, body, and soul from the inside out. I'm your host, Sarah Marie Bilger, a wife, mom of two, mechanical engineer, VBAC mom, and doula, serving mamas through pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. If you're here for this, if you're as pumped up as I am and searching for that fire that you know is deep inside of you, then let's go. Let's uncover what it truly means to enter motherhood. You are a rock star. I believe in you. Let's doula this. Let's crank it up a notch and let's kick it into high gear together. Hey mamas, how are you? Welcome to October. I can't believe that we are here and I am so excited to share this amazing episode with you because Jenna is just so great and so insightful and her book is amazing, but I want to share a few things before we get this episode started that is going on with Entering Motherhood. We officially have our pregnancy workbook, so if you are a pregnant mama or know somebody that is, please go check that out in the show notes and get that for them or for yourself because it is such a useful tool and something that I share personally with all of my clients and now I am making it open and available to you. And also there is a VBAC preparation course that's coming up and the wait list is officially open. So if you are in the process of going on a VBAC journey, or if you know somebody that is, please go ahead and sign up for a wait list because we are going to get that started at the end of this year. And I want you to know all that there is and stay updated on everything that goes with that. But like I said, Jenna is just so amazing at what she does and really gets to the root and gives us systemized, systematic ways of finding calm amongst the chaos that is just inevitable when it comes to motherhood. And I feel like even the moms that are experiencing this journey in a more calming aspect than some of us do, you still are going to benefit so much from her knowledge and her insight and just everything that she has learned since entering motherhood herself and her journey and her unique story is something that we also address and say that we all have such unique stories. And even if it sounds similar or there's some similar aspects, we all have something really, truly unique about ourselves. So I know that you're going to love this episode and I am so excited to share it with you today. Hello, and welcome to Entering Motherhood. I'm glad to have you here today and get this conversation started. So how about you go ahead and introduce yourself for the listeners? 
Hi, everyone. This is Jenna Hermans. I'm the author of Chaos to Calm, Five Ways Busy Parents Can Break Free from Overwhelm. I'm also the co-founder and COO of a transformation agency called Be Courageous, where we infuse courage in at all different levels um, for various sized businesses from startup all the way to Fortune 500 company as well. And I have four children ages six through 16, and I'm a high performance coach. Awesome. So let's go back then 16 years ago, or maybe even 17 years ago, when you were um, preparing to enter motherhood for the very first time. What were you kind of like feeling going through? Like, what do you think was one of the biggest things that you needed to find calmness in during that time in your life? Well, what's kind of funny is that I became a mother actually only 12 and a half years ago, because my eldest three children are my husband's children that I inherited, adopted, became, started mothering after I met them. And, and, you know, obviously my husband's and my relationship started blooming. And so the, the intention with going in to motherhood was, I guess, different than most. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm taking on three kids that are all, you know, I think it was one, three, and four were their ages at the time. And I was running a preschool when I met them. And so I had the uh, the basic understanding of how to navigate, right? Having so many humans under one roof, but not necessarily at all times of the day. <laughs> Uh, but I already had a concept of, you know, providing structure and routines and meal planning and some basics of that, like at home infrastructure that can make things run more smoothly because that's what I needed to do in my school. It was then when I had the fourth child, when we created a, a child together, he was born, it'll be seven years ago in October. That's when the chaos really really took over <laughs> from being in postpartum. And then also we had moved from Southern California to Northern California. So we had no built-in community or family around um, and starting our lives from scratch. We've got the three kids. We've now have a fourth. We're up here and we decided to start our own business, be courageous a few months after our son was born. So that's when kind of my, my chaos really set in where I realized, oh my God, I need to do this different. This is not okay. I'm not going to be able to sustain a life like this in the way that we have it because I had kind of let go of all of those infrastructures and routines that we had had before in Los Angeles when we were living there. Um, but after we moved up here, you know, new place, new home, new community, everything is like a huge overhaul and you're starting from scratch. So Coming into that space, I ended up having pretty much a breakdown and perpetual anxiety attacks and uh, what are they called? Oh my gosh, panic attacks. <laughs> like, I don't like to go back there. Let's not think about those. Uh, and realized I this, yeah, this needs to be different. And then started bringing the concept of calm back into my life and into our home. And it took about a year and change where I could really see that everything was so much better and so much calmer. Yeah. What do you think really brought you to that awareness of understanding that you need it 
to make a change? There was one particular day where I was uh, on the breast pump, you know, whoosh, 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 all that fun <laughs> stuff. Um, <laughs> having yet another panic attack where my husband was out of town for work. Um, the baby is sleeping and then the three big kids are about to come home from school from they were all in elementary school at the time needing snacks attention homework help you know I need to start thinking about dinner prep and it just hit me I was like I'm in it's all on me I'm alone in this and in this reality under this roof and I need to do things different because I will not survive this. I don't want to keep having anxiety attacks and panic attacks and being resentful of this life that I've chosen. And so angry with everyone and everything and frustrated and being, you know, not a great partner, not a great colleague, not a great mom and realize, you know what? No, I have so many tools. I have everything I need to make this run smoother And where I started with were the biggest stressors in my life. The things that really just every day I felt like were this huge pressure that, that, and let me start there, right? What are the biggest things? Let me start with taking care of one of those things. And then it kind of rippled from there um, in getting the, the intentional calm systems in place. Yeah. What would you say to someone like you just said, like just finding one thing and like kind of starting there, but let's say, you know, here's a mom, she's working. She has these young kids. She, like you said, you're also a partner. You have a spouse. Um, you have relationships, you have friendship, like you have all of these things and you feel like each and every single one of them is a priority. How, couldn't we possibly take one and, and just focus there? And what are some things that we can do to walk us through the process of figuring out what is the priority in that moment? Because, you know, we can build upon it and, you know, starting at one point is, is logical when you think about it, but I guess really getting to that one core piece and how how do we manage to narrow it down when we feel like everything is a priority yeah you know when in and in those moments of overwhelm right where everything feels like a priority i i feel like our go-to is to boil the ocean right like start we just got to do it all right let me change everything or start everywhere and so i love your question of how do you prioritize within that list of priorities right so it's like what's the first second third thing And so one thing I like to share with my clients is going back to your basics. Are you actually taking care of you, right? The priority being that if you're not taking care of, you can't show up as your best self and with all of your marbles, right? In their places and your nervous system in check for everything else that's going on, right? The the other things become, the other stressors become less stressful when we have sleep, when we're hydrated, when we're getting movement and exercise, when we're connecting with nature, with friends, with family, right? It's starting with the self and taking care of our needs that then we can more easily get to those other priorities or some of those priorities actually tend to fall off the list. It's like, oh, that's actually not that important. But when I'm sleep deprived and my body is in this state of like constant flight, 
fight and freeze, it seems like everything's important when truly it's not everything is. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, and it's crazy because, you know, like we're talking about like, maybe, you know, you're pregnant you might be exhausted. Like you want to focus on yourself. You want to take a nap, but if you're working, you know, like, how do you take that nap? And I think, you know, like there is more being done right now. That's really like allowing that to be very understood. And, um, I think more people are understanding, like this is such a unique time in somebody's life, um, that we need to be paying extra attention to ourselves and that we need to be doing that. And, you know, especially in the postpartum period, you are sleep deprived. It's like, you can't avoid that baby is getting up. You are, are going to be having those moments, but trying to plan for it and, uh, learn about it and really kind of create that environment. That's going to be, uh, beneficial for the time that you are in. I think, um, I think it's just such a unique time in our lives, like the things that you might have, like how you were saying you were, you know, working, like functioning with the previous kids before. And then when you added in the fourth and you were going through uh, that different stage in life, it really changes it up. So it might be, you know, your, your first, your second, your third, like it could be maybe you were fine for your first two. And now this time it's a, it's a whole other ball game and it's a whole other uh, time period going into that process again and again. Yeah. So I don't <laughs> like, what have you seen to be kind of most helpful during that time? And where have you seen moms kind of have that like turning point or that pivot point in the process of like, becoming aware of it. Like you said, it maybe took you about a year to really kind of get to a point. Are you seeing like that can be accelerated if you're taking these processes or is it just kind of like something that takes time? So I think that it's, there are ways to accelerate it. It took me that much time because I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. And I was trialing and, and erroring, right? trial and error all over the place of bringing in things that from my business background, right? Because I have a master's in organizational management. I also have a bachelor's in psychology. I've run HR departments and been in HR doing culture work for over 15 years. And again, ran a preschool for over five years. Um, and so I was bringing in these different elements from the business world and what I've done in different cultures and in different businesses, bringing that into the home and say, hmm, how does this work? How does that work? Right. Because the home is, is kind of like a mini startup. It's like a little business and everyone works together as a, as a team. Right. And knowing what are your values and what's your mission and your vision for your family, for you personally, like how we do it for businesses makes it so much easier when making decisions for where are you going to vacation? Are you even going to vacation? Where do my kids go to school? Where do we want to live? You know, some of these really big decisions get boiled down to being easier when we have these values, these underlying values, right? Just like how businesses do. And so it took me that amount of time to get things in place for myself, both tangibly with different tactics, as well as mindset shifts 
over that time. But I, in my book, Chaos to Calm, Five Ways Busy Parents Can Break Free from Overwhelm, there are actually five pillars of calm that when I distilled what did I do over that year and a half period, it all boiled down to these five things, right? And the first one was efficiency. How do we do the things that we have to do in a way that's more efficient so that we have more space, time, energy for the things that we want to be doing, right? And whether that's, you know, following a passion or a hobby or just being able to be with our kids more, our partner and enjoying each other more, whatever that is in service of, right, of your calm, that being able to utilize your time and your energy in a way that is you're you're planning what you do versus letting your calendar dictate what you do and when, right? And other people dictating what you do and when, right? And for some of that, we have bosses and, and deadlines and all the things, right? But there's also ways to communicate, right? And that's actually pillar number four is around communication and how do you most effectively communicate with those people around you what your needs are and how to build rapport and trust so that you can have a dialogue and that you're more able to get the support that you need and be heard. So being pillar number four, that also, that has to do in the workplace, that has to do at home with your kids, with your partner, with your in-laws, with your community and with everyone, right? How do you communicate and also listen so that you're building that trust, building that rapport so that you can get the support that you need to support your calm and the existence that you want to be having. The second pillar of calm is habits, right? So building in healthy habits or nurturing your healthy habits, as well as also ditching habits that don't serve you, right? That is a way to hone in on your calm. So if you know that you want to drink more water, you want to exercise more, you want to practice the piano, whatever it is, right? That you have infrastructure set up for yourself that allows for you, that is supporting you and holding you accountable for the thing that you want to have become a habit and make sure that it does, right? So then it's taking little to no energy that you're just going to go and you're going to do it because it's become habitual, right? Um, The third one is community, right? And this is community at home. This is community at work. This is community. I mean, this is the people that you keep around you, right? Who are those who you can go to when you need support that are there that are going to call on you when you need support as well, right? And so in the workplace, who are those that you can call on, right? As a peer to bounce ideas off of, or just to share, Hey, like I'm having a hard time today. My kid was up all night and I need to take it a little slower today, but I'll be back, back on track, you know, tomorrow or whatever it is, right. That you have people in your world that are there to support you and your goals and what you're trying to accomplish and support your family and your work as well. Right. And then you can get deep into the workspace with talking about culture, right. And community is culture at work as well. And then the fifth one is self-care. How do you take care of you? Right. And it's not, we're not talking like self-care Sunday, go to the spa and get massage (laughs) and nails and all of that. And it's like, those things are great, but they're also on the surface, right? That's not sustainable self-care. That's not what's going to get you and your energy up high and filling your cup on a regular basis. And so that chapter, that pillar 
is all about taking care of you in your core and nurturing the deep parts of you where, and it doesn't take that much in order to do so, right? It just takes intentionality and awareness. And to go back to your original question, I would say that where did, where do parents start with that? And it's around boundaries and asking for help, right? Being able to say like, I need to, at two o'clock every day, I'm going to be out of office because you don't even have to say why. <laughs> You're like from two to two thirty, that's my break. I'm going to go take a nap during that time so that I can come back refreshed or go for a walk or whatever it is and say, I am going to be such a better employee and a better boss if I have that 30 minutes to go and rejuvenate myself and be away from screens and move my body, sleep, whatever it is. And the, I mean, it goes beyond that when it comes to boundaries, but saying yes to the self, right? No to others. So you can say yes to you. And sometimes a yes to you is also a yes to others, right? But understanding and having that self-awareness around what serves you and the bigger picture as well and being able to then say yes or no against that which goes back to values as well um and then asking for help right so often parents especially new parents we're set up in this society to think we need to do this whole thing alone as a new mom right it's like okay you go home with your brand new baby or maybe you birthed at home whatever it is you're at home and you're like, what next? I guess it's just me and this kid and my partner. And maybe my partner needs to go back to work straight away. So it's just me and this little being. And that's how our society has set us up to think that that's what's important. And that's the way that it's supposed to be. It's like, go figure it out. You got this, mama. We're all here behind you. And it's like, well, how? Oh, well, we'll write things on Instagram that make you feel good. And you can go see a lactation consultant if you need to, but only a couple of times. And, but there's no, you know, like the, the infrastructure is not there in our current society here in the U.S. to set up families, new families for success. And so being able to go and ask for help because everyone wants to help you. Everyone wants to help you, but they also don't want to intrude and they don't know how to help you because your, your context of your experience is different than anybody else's. So it may be that someone coming and dropping off groceries and not telling you that they did, but just texting you being like groceries at the door, like that's, that's perfect for you. For me, I'd say, no, 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 come and cook it. I want you to cook the food for me. <laughs> Don't drop off the groceries. I need meals, <laughs> you know? And so being able to say, Hey friend, can you come over and just kick it with the baby while I take a nap? Or could you fold some laundry while I'm breastfeeding, right? Like, but being able to ask for help from your boss, your colleagues, your partner, your other kids, right? Sharing where you're at, because it's also a part of that bigger cycle of giving and receiving, right? We feel good being able to give ourselves to other and be in service. And if we don't ask for help, we don't give others the opportunity to, to give us their service. Yeah, I think that, I mean, all of that was such a, a good point. Everything is so important to understand. And it is rooted back to understanding yourself. And sometimes that does take time to get through. You might, you know, be entering motherhood. And this is the first time that you ever asked yourself, what do I need? What do I want? You know, you are stepping into this role that now, 
you are responsible for somebody else and you are making decisions for somebody else because they literally cannot do that for themselves. And so having to really step into this decision-making mode and to have responsibilities and to have to like be responsible in general, I think can be um, very overwhelming. And you're maybe for the first time in your life, like saying, who am I? Like, what do I want? Like, you might have found yourself in a role that you just kind of have shifted into or a career that you have uh, dove into that maybe you're not aligned with, or maybe, you know, you are, but now your priorities are changing and you're trying to figure out like, how can I restructure this lifestyle to fit what I want now? Because things have changed and things are supposed to change. And I think it's just, um, reestablishing that and understanding that you can take that time to figure out what you want and what you want to be doing because people can't read your minds <laughs> and they're not going to know how to help unless you communicate that help which it's it's just so true and it's so important because i think a lot of the times what we tend to do is we will care for somebody how we think we want it to be treated And in actuality, we need to be treating them how they want to be treated and what they want and like dropping off the groceries. That's a perfect example of of just understanding, you know, you might think, hey, I'm going to come over and hang out with this new mom and I'm going to hold the baby because, oh, that's going to be so helpful for her. But maybe she just wants to sit there and hold the baby and you fold the laundry and do the dishes or cook a meal for them. And I think being able to give somebody a list or tell them, hey, this is how I need help or where I need help. And getting to a point of being able to do that for yourself is is just so important to understand. And it's not going to be something I think a lot of the times that we go to first, like, you're not just going to be able to like sit there and be like, I need this and this and this and this. It's it's very deep rooted. And it's something that a lot of us I don't think are traditionally trained to do. So um, I think really like kind of going through that process and doing that is going to be helpful. (laughs) Um, But what were like, I mean, you just said, you know, having somebody cook you a meal, like what were some of the things that you feel like you specifically need it on your list or need it help with the most? And what ways were you able to communicate that with the people around you? Yeah, one of the biggest things I needed was to be fed. I was so obsessed with feeding our little that I would forget to feed myself. And I don't know who else, I I haven't heard a lot of other people experience this, but after giving birth and what happened in, in my story and our story, my appetite was gone. I couldn't eat for days. It was so hard. I had to force it so that, you know, I could make milk and all of that. Um, But I had a really hard time eating. And because I wasn't hungry, I didn't think, oh, let me go prepare some food for myself. Uh, It was only when the food showed up in front of me. I'm like, oh yeah, right. I I should eat too. Um, And my mother was there with me for the first week and a half and she would feed me. And then my stepmother came and then she would feed me. And then after she left, 
my husband was, you know, not really around much. He was for some of the time, but he was working. And then when we started our business, he was off in front of clients and whatnot. Um, so he wasn't home a lot of the time. And I would ask when he was home, like, can you, can you make some food or make extras so that I could just warm something up tomorrow? Cause I found that that was something I just, I couldn't do. It's like, I could do the laundry and the dishes, but I couldn't feed me. <laughs> that was, there was a blockage there around food for me. And so I had to ask him to not just prepare, you know, dinner for our family, but also can you make leftovers or like have a a lunch set up for me for tomorrow as well. And of course he did, which was so wonderful. Um, But if anyone ever said, oh, can I, you know, let me come over and meet the baby. And this was after I got my appetite back. I was like, yeah, of course. They're oh, can I bring anything? I'm like, yeah, bring some food that I can shovel in my face. You know, <laughs> something easy that I don't have to prepare. I'm like, snacks were always a good one, right? Like bring granola and bring nuts, like something that's shelf stable that I can take everywhere and put in my face when I get hungry. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I mean, I won't ask unless like you're open to sharing and stuff, but can you kind of like, peel that back a little bit more if you're if you're open to sharing like kind of what you feel like was going on like was it the the birth experience or um like postpartum that was kind of like shifting you in that way you know i i think it was purely biological it wasn't a psychological thing why i couldn't eat when i reflect on it i think it was just maybe coming out of so much physical change right? Having gone through a, I ended up t- getting Pitocin and then an epidural and my labor was 36 hours long. It was a very long experience of giving birth to this little person. Um, and I think just coming out of all of it, I, I, it's so hard to say, but like in the hospital, they're putting food in front of me, you know, after the birth has happened and, you know, sleeping there, what is it, two nights after a vaginal birth. And I just wasn't hungry. I just wasn't hungry. And I, and I don't think it was because of any sort of trauma or anything, a part of the birth story that I don't think there's a deep rooted thing in there. It just biologically, like something in my metabolism, maybe, I, I don't know. It just didn't, it wasn't hungry. And I would eat a little and say, husband, here, the rest for you. And he was like, cool, you know, (laughs) sure. Yeah, but I I wish that there was something more fancy or um, sexy to say about that. And it's really (laughs) so boring. (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it goes back to just like all of us, all of us are so unique and different and um you know like what you experience in your own birth journey is completely different than what somebody else and i think that's something that like i had to understand and like i had to process and go through and something that i really try to uh like put out there like you might think like oh this person had a vaginal birth like i had a vaginal birth like oh everything went the same or like oh like i had a cesarean like this person must have experienced like this and that Um, I had a long labor, like, oh, like this person must feel like this, that, and that. And I think it's like, we all interpret it differently and we all have different perspectives. And I think like understanding that like we can have similar stories and like really find different pieces in other people's stories, but like knowing too that 
even though somebody has a similar path or a similar story, you are still your own unique person. And you are allowed, able to feel different feelings um, in every single which way. So I think just um, knowing how to process it for yourself and and understanding that like, even though somebody might be saying, like I got a lot of, cause I had a cesarean with my first and I got a lot of like, oh, I'm so sorry for you. And like, oh, I know that's not what you wanted and things like that. And like, before I could even process it for myself, I was already getting like these like outside influences of how I was supposed to feel. Yeah, just going through, like you said, like all those pillars and everything, like understanding that you're going to find your own unique way that fits you to how you're going to structure and how you're going to create your calm and all of the chaos that is happening and and contributing to um, different external factors. I guess I just wanted to like touch on that and like let people know like you have permission to feel however you want to feel and and your um, story is unique and, and different. Yeah. And, and I've never heard two stories the same, you know, with all of my clients and people I work with, no two stories are ever the same. And what beyond the, the birth story, right. The needs, like you said before, the needs after birth and during that postpartum time, everyone has different needs and different ways they need to be supported. And in that being able to share right? With the people in your world who are there, who want to support you and to tell them like, I don't know what I need, or I don't know what I need yet. But if there's someone in your world that's been through this already, that they can come in and say, okay, I'm just going to show up and you tell me, or I'm going to ask, right? Even better, like, do you want me to do the dishes? Do you want me to fold your laundry or, or wash the laundry and fold it? Do you want me to food prep? Do you want me to go to the store and get you things and allow for, new parents to new mom to say, yes, no, maybe, I don't know, maybe try it and I'll see how I feel about it, you know, and be able to have that open dialogue because we, we don't know, this is all just so new. It's new territory, whether you're a first time mom, second, third, fourth, whatever it is, every time is a different experience. There's some things that we can remember that are similar, right? There might be some themes throughout, but every experience is a brand new one because the body is not the same as it was before. The psychology is not the same as it was before. Every cell in your body is not reacting the exact same way anymore because the context is different from one child to the next. You may have moved homes. Maybe you didn't, whatever it is, you're a different person and your needs are going to be different. Maybe that if you're a second or third time mom at this point, that you're like, just come and take the other kid and and do something with them. They're so bored being (laughs) here. Like, please take the other kid to the park or to the pool, whatever, get them to, to do something fun and give them some special attention, right? Or hold the baby for a little bit so I can give my first kid some attention as well that they haven't been able to get now. Um, yeah, it's, it's, everyone has a different experience and being able to sit with the self and say, this is okay. Whatever is going on is okay. This end, just because it's not like anyone else doesn't mean that it's wrong or that it's bad, but that this is my experience and it's good. It's fine. It's good. And it's temporary. And we'll get through this and to ask for the help that you need, in that time, even as absurd as it may feel like asking for. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's great. 
So where are you at now? Your book just launched in May, correct? Mm-hmm. Where are you at? Like, what is going on? Like, what do you have? Um, like looking down the road for the rest of the year, uh, just tell us like what's going on in your life right now. Uh, well, I'm still um, COO of Be Courageous. I'm still running Be Courageous and um, client focus, doing work. I'm now starting to do calm workshops and, and talks around calm in the workplace. Um, from I did it with a nonprofit just last week and a startup the week before, working with a Fortune 500 company next week, bringing calm into the workplace also doing workshops in addition to doing them inside a business setting, doing them in the private sector as well. And that has just been so much fun bringing, going beyond the pages, right? Bringing the calm into the real life and being able to show up and say, let's practice in real time, right? And go like the the book is a great foundation for getting things started. especially if you're like, I don't know where to begin. It's like, get the book. You know, it, it'll outline everything there for you. It's so easy to follow and easy to read. And it was built and, and written for busy parents, for busy moms. So it's like, there's nothing, it, it gets to the nuts and bolts, right? There's not all the fluff. It's like, let's get to it. Give me the goods. It's there and punchy. Uh, and then to go beyond that with doing these workshops and speaking engagements have been really fun. And I'm looking forward to doing more of them. Yeah, that's awesome. So where can we find you, get in contact with you? Where do you mostly interact with people and hang out? Yeah, I have a newsletter that goes out twice a month um, that shares the blogs that I have on my website. They go out two to three times a month with new blogs. I'm also on Instagram and LinkedIn as well. I do some writing on Medium also, but everything can be found at jennahermans.com. Awesome. Do you have any final words of wisdom for that busy mom that's going through this time in her life? Yes, this is temporary. <laughs> this moment in time is temporary. And I know it feels like it's forever and because it's so much, but it is temporary. You will get through it. And whatever it is that you're trying to achieve during this time you can when you go in with intentionality and taking care of you and starting small, start small and then build up from there. You've got this. You totally got this. And if you feel like you don't know where to begin, reach out. I'm happy to help. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was great. And um, I encourage people to go out and read your book and, and find you on social media and connect with you. Thank you so much, Sarah. This has been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you, mamas, so much for listening. Remember, you are a rock star. I believe in you. Let's doula this. Let's crank it up a notch and let's kick it into high gear together. Hit that subscribe button. Share this episode with a friend. Message me, email me, call me, beat me. You know how to reach me. We're doing this, mamas. I am so excited to catch you here next week. This is your one-stop go-to place for helping you find the resources you need to make the best choices for you and your family during pregnancy, birth, and most importantly, postpartum. See you later, mamas.